Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to my independence report. And we are here on a Wednesday, and we're calling this, this is what we're calling transient transients. I think that's in that, in that Tran- transit transients. Transit transients. I knew that. I, I, I knew better than that. I do. But that's Eric Hall right there. And you can see Hi. where it says Hi. Eric R. Hall. Eric that's R. him. Hall. That's that's him. I'm the other guy, and uh, we're talking. Uh, and this is kind of, you know, I titled this segment. I guess we can kind of flesh this out on the air. I titled this segment. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, local issues or Americana or your your uh, um, observations or our together our observations from the seat of a bus or the the uh, um, transience of life. Or which can be as deep as we choose it to be. So, what are we going to do, sir? That you know, you nailed it. <laughs> All of those things. <laughs> the way I understand it is that uh, we we find something that we feel is interesting and relative because it could be from the past. Like today, I want to talk about a uh, uh, a native uh, Indian that was here when Seattle was settled. And how his life is relevant today in a surprising ways. And his name was Indian John or uh, Chesi Ahud was his name. And he was uh, a Duwamish Indian. And what makes his story so interesting is uh, his awareness of the situation. And as you know, uh, current events, we are going through... I would say a a time where we have to realize where we're at and make some serious adjustments about how we move forward. If we're going to survive as a democracy, we need everybody on board and we need everybody to understand what a democracy is. That's true. And Chesi Aoud, like John, who's easier to pronounce. Which is why they call him John. That's right, like John. He was a man that when the Europeans were coming here, many of the Duwamish tribes, the local tribes, uh, you know, the Northwest tribes had already known what was happening in the West and back East and how the Plains Indians were were being able to absorb the Europeans uh, coming to this country and things weren't going well. You know, the Indians didn't have the technology or, frankly, the numbers. They knew, you know, what was going to happen. And we all know the tragic outcome of that. And what we lost as a culture may never be truly understood as the Europeans were thorough. Everybody was on board in defeating those Indians. And most of it, in my view, was uh, bent on a catchphrase. And this will sound familiar to you. Uh, heathens. Ah. And the reason why heathen is such a harmful word is because it's really about people who feel they believe in God are not the heathens, and the people that do not believe in God are the heathens. Right. So there's a uh, a quite large amount of uh, self-righteousness uh, involved with it. And that's how, in my mind, you know, that was the first step, the first uh, large step in getting all the, just about all the Europeans on board to uh, decimate these beautiful cultures that were only beginning to understand how wonderful and in touch with the earth and how long-lasting humanity could be under their, under their forms of government. Well, and if if you look at um, if you look at history, going all the way back to 1492, which, by the way, we were told something that just was blatantly not true. Mm. 
that Christopher Columbus was a real good explorer, was a great man, and he was yada, yada, yada. If you go back in the history books when I was a kid, we were, you know, the, he sailed the, 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 the sea in 1492, and there was a poem, and there was songs, and all of that. Turned out he was not as nearly of a nice a guy as he was portrayed to be. And, he was a drunken bastard. Uh, okay. <laughs> since, since, since you have got Indian blood, you're allowed to say that. In you, and he, he was he was a drunken bastard and who was not interested in the natives, and he killed a many, many folks. And that going back to all the way from him to Andrew Jackson to Davy Crockett to uh, in the you know in the eighteen hundreds, and then they pushed west, and uh, Custer got what he deserved um, at, at the Little Bighorn, and and. We just, we made the decision as a culture, as a European culture, that we were going to become, we were going to go coast to coast and we didn't care who stopped us. Exactly. And we were going to, and as it turned, and you know, are you familiar with the story of Chief Joseph, right? I believe so. Please do. Uh, Chief Joseph was, he was the uh, um, Nez Pierce. Uh, up here in the Northwest, he was he was one of their chiefs, and he actually did something that, to this day, astounds military tacticians, which was he took his people from uh, uh, Washington and up through uh, Idaho, and was like twenty miles, and he and and he fought, and the cavalry was coming after him the whole time, and he fought several battles and won them all, and uh, and. He ended up 20 miles from the Canadian border, and he, they were surrounded. And uh, he said the famous lines, From where the sun now stands, I will fight no more forever. And, uh, it was, and I, I have always admired the Indian people, what they did, uh, their, 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 their form of living. They, they lived simply. They lived spiritually. They they honored they honored the Mother Earth and Father Sky, and they did all. And unlike the European trash that came over here, that that messed up the environment, and it's it's you know it's so anyway. That's 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 my uh, um, contribution. I, I just think that we screwed it, screwed it up in a big way. We did, we did, and there's a lot of arrogance about that. You know that. The thing that the Europeans have working against them, in in my view, was that they believe that they're not part of the earth. They're, the earth was planted here for them. Right. They were made in God's image, and therefore everything here is meant to serve us. Now, I don't I don't want anybody to take uh, take my words at personally because we're products of our age. You know, we're products of our environment. So I'm not going to paint every person as evil in these. But uh, societies move differently than individuals. Individuals drive a society. But uh, very, not very often do people have an awareness to see the larger picture, to change things. And this was the beauty of Lake John. This is the beauty of some individuals out there that are able to grasp the larger picture as our societies crash and determine what is correct or able to stay with themselves and know what is right in their hearts and act on it. Lake John was such a person and almost by accident because as uh, as it happens, as was natural in those days, there there was a body found of a white person. And this made the settlers of the time very fearful and angry, and they just knew the natives had something to do with it. So they tracked down three of the natives, and they lynched two of them. And one of them that survived by uh, luck when some politicians got involved uh, saved Lake John, who was a young man at the time. And Lake John, uh, realizing the situation that uh, they were in, as so many of the local tribes knew, that there was no way that a war could be won 
they did their best to work with these people that were coming to the land. And he kept that attitude, even though he was just about hung. He was a man of wisdom and made friends of many of the local oh, politicians, people in power, like uh, Denny. Uh, I think David Denny. He was the current mayor at that time. And they struck up a friendship that lasted the rest of his life. And even to a point where Native Americans weren't allowed to be in the Seattle area, they had to move out. They had to move out of the outskirts. They weren't allowed to be on their land. So they weren't allowed but, to be in Seattle proper. They had to, they, 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 they threw them out basically. Get out you heathens. Yes. That, that was it. But, Lake John, because of his friendships, and he was a very congenial guy. He befriended people. And he did so um, based on his ability to make canoes and uh, give people tours of the Lake Union, Lake Washington, Puget Sound area where there was good fishing and good hunting. He would take people out in canoes and lead them around. So he had a pretty good reputation, even though he was nicknamed things like the flea, because uh, I forget the circumstances. But uh, most of the white people treated him poorly. But when they got to know him, he was treated a little better. And this is interesting, because when he did pass away, he was given a burial spot at Washelli at a time when Washelli was not integrated. Black people, what if you weren't white, you weren't being buried there. But he was able to get a monument there. In fact, it still exists today. What makes him so interesting to me because uh, of this awareness that he had, and he was able to purchase some land from Denny that, uh, oh, you know where the uh, UW Bridge is now? There's a street called Shelby. Yeah. And if you're at uh, the south side of the bridge and you're looking north, if you go, if you look to your left, that Shelby Street goes all the way down to uh, the the lake, Lake Union. There, he had a house there. Is that? And he had a little. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that's that's right where North Lake Tavern is. Right across the way. Right across the way, he'd be right across the street from North Lake Tavern. Great, best great spot pizza for, in the town. Best pizza in town. Yes. <laughs> Just had to, just had to say, because we, I used to sell them mushrooms. We used to sell them. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we used to sell them two hundred and forty pounds of mushrooms a week. Oh my god! Because they sold that many pizzas with mushrooms on them. Well, so, there's a few weeks there. I had seven or eight pounds of those mushrooms all by myself. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so that's so. That's, thank you. That's right. There, you're welcome. That's right there at the north end of Lake Union. Beautiful spot. Oh. I am looking forward to go back there someday, man. <laughs> someday we're going to be able to eat pizza there again. Exactly. So he was able to purchase this property from Denny, I believe, uh, figured out how to do that and cooled everybody's jets. And, and uh, Lake John built a house there, and he had a potato patch growing. And his first wife died, and he uh, remarried to another nice woman and raised their daughter there. And when it came to the end of his life, he had a huge potlatch that he put on for both uh, natives and white people. And it was a big to-do in town. And it was a monument to just how successful he was. And people still attribute to him uh, a lot of uh, the settlement of Seattle, that integration of the two cultures and integration of the Europeans into the land. And... Lake Union was so different than this is another fascinating part of this because there was some discussion even towards the end of Lake John's life about uh, the commercial value of that area. And this was before the locks got built, but the blocks were being discussed back then uh, because, you know, uh, Weyerhaeuser and some of the other uh, timber companies really loot ruled the lands back then well yeah and they, they they wanted to take uh um, um timber from the uh east side of lake washington and instead of taking it all the way around which kind of takes forever they wanted to go straight through the locks um right. to to puget sound and then away they went that's right that's right and that saved uh, that opened up a lot of commercial 
capabilities for the Seattle area and, you know, led to the port that was uh, the success of the Seattle port and thus the success of Seattle. Um, and you can attribute Lake John for a lot of that stuff. You, you just can. And like I said, you know, it's his kind of temperament, his kind of wisdom that is very rare. Somebody that's able to see a big picture, understand what's going to happen in the future and what the best way is to serve the right kind of future to happen that will affect uh, as many people positively as they can. I think that's relevant today because, of course, we're talking about Republicans. Mm -hmm. Now, I was when I started my voting life, I was a Republican. Me too. Is that right? Yeah, I voted for Reagan twice. Me too. I thought he was the right guy at the right point of history. And in a lot of ways, uh, I still think that's true. Although I, maybe I wouldn't vote for him if I knew now what I yeah, didn't know. Exactly. <laughs> but I considered myself a fiscally responsible, socially progressive uh, conservative. And I took Rush Limbaugh seriously. And I'd listen to him and I'd look at things. And it made sense to me. But at the time, there was somebody who wrote a book, Al Franken. Now, Al Franken was my favorite Saturday Night Live comic. Uh, yeah. Yes. I thought he was just awesome and intelligent. You know, yeah. smart yeah. guy. Yes, he was. And he wrote he a is. book that was called Rush Limbaugh is a Big Fat Liar. <laughs> I remember that book. <laughs> I said, I got to read that. And I read it. And I looked up the information to verify it, which was not easy in those days. That was before the Internet. I had to actually drive to a library on my day off <laughs> and spend some time going through the, you know, the old, what, what, what do you even call those things? Dewey, Dewey Decimal, no, not Dewey Decimal System. Encyclopedias or, or were you looking? Uh, those little cards you flip through with, with you pull out the little drawers and, Oh, yeah, in the, card. In, yeah, the, the, the index cards, yeah. Index cards, yeah. And I found out that, yeah, Rush Limbaugh is a big, fat liar. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started evaluating, you know, what exactly was going on in the Republican movement. This was the rise of Fox News, too. Oh, I know. Same period. And Hillary, Bill Clinton was in, in office at this time. And I actually voted for Clinton. But... Hillary was sent out into the world to find out what worked for other countries, their healthcare systems, and what didn't. And her job was to create a report and bring it back and provide it to people so that they could figure out what to do about our healthcare system. That was her job make a report. Fox News and right wing media at the time, they totally bashed her, said she was going to ruin America. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to us. Yep. And my Republican friends, I was telling them, all she's going to do is go gather information and give it to people. And it's going to take years for us to filter through this and vote on what's going to be right for us. She's not doing anything but getting information. No, no, no. She's going to ruin things. That's when I left the Republican Party. So that's that's enough. That's irrational. And that was right about uh, 1994, 93. And then, of course, you had Goop, 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 Goop Gindrich and uh, Newt Gindrich and and the uh, uh, spring Moral majority. Of, the more, yeah, of, of 94, and uh, um, which was his contract with America, which I I will never forget. One of the contract, one of the one of the cornerstones of contract with America was term limits. We yes. need to have term limits because we need to get more fresh blood in here, and we need to get rid of the old cronyisms and all that kind of stuff. That worked fine for the first two years, and then of course the next election came up. And they said, well, you know, maybe we don't want to go. So that just kind of quietly went by the wayside, went by the night. And that's when I knew that they were just as full of shit as everybody else was at the time. They were just gathering votes with any extremism they could. And, you know, soon after the moral majority, you know, the Tea Party was kind of making its rounds. You know, they were lurking out there. 
And I thought the Tea Party would be the low point in American history. I, I found it unimaginable that uh, we could get any more ridiculous than that. Oh, that was wrong. You, oh, you, you was wrong, baby. <laughs> was wrong because Trumpania, man. You know, I mean, Trumpism was you know stupid, but now we've got QAnon, which is stupid. Now the ones that are fighting power for the Republican Party, and they're close. That's still being decided. I. It is astounding me that a woman or anybody, any person can threaten or root for violence and death for another government official, congressperson, <laughs> senator, and still hold office. How is that possible? Never in our past would we have allowed this. Would the uh, Republicans <laughs> allow this if this was any Democrat? Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you remember where you were when you first heard about Q and QAnon? Um, well, yeah, I was sitting at my computer, and I didn't know what QAnon was. I had no way to – I had no – I didn't know, even know how to spell it. I thought it was one word. These are actually two people that somehow line up, a guy named Q and another guy named Anon, and their ideas are just outlandish enough that uh, I guess they're – their entertainment info and, and people think this information is good. I'm, I'm not sure how people are falling for this. I don't get it. It's, well, it's interesting because I was actually doing a podcast with somebody. Um, I was, um, she was a good friend of mine and, and she's a psychic medium kind of. And so she, and so I said, well, let's do a podcast together. And she said, great. And so we started doing the podcast and, uh, we one day she said, "Well, let's talk about politics." And I said, "Well, she seemed like a progressive, <coughs> excuse me, a progressive spiritual um, uh -oh. person." Uh oh, I know. And so we we get into this podcast, and um, she invites another gal on, and they start talking about how good Trump is, and that he is saving our society and i said well now wait hold on let me back up just a minute so you you two ladies right you're and you're saying that the guy that's been married three times paid off another couple of mistresses and thinks that they can grab you by your private parts you think that's okay with you well he's out to save us <coughs> and there was another guy by the name of jordan sather and I can say this because he's my show. And he, uh, the, see, in my opinion, QAnon started as a fringe group that these guys used to build hits on social media so they can make money. Not a bad plan. No, but what they did was they used um, outlandish schemes. They, they weaved together a bunch of conspiracy theories. That like like nine uh, eleven wasn't real. The moon landing wasn't real. Um, the uh, massacre of all the kids was not real. You know, they they built these things to be kind of interwoven, and then Q came along on this chat board called 4chan, and he said that he was a member of the deep state which they can really not describe what the deep state is, and that there were, and the people like Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks, are you kidding me? They lost me when they started talking about my friend Tom Hanks and, 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 and Forrest Gump and that he was a baby killer. Really? That he's a what? He's, he's a pedophile and a baby killer. Tom Hanks oh and his wife. Oh, and, my God. And that Hillary was, and so they've really gone completely off, off the deep end rails, and Trump was supporting all of this nonsense because, as he put it, they liked me. So, so, I, so during this podcast, it was like I recognized at that moment that we were not to, we were not in the same we, we weren't in the same ballpark. We couldn't even we couldn't even communicate because when she when I when I was saying we need to have strong leadership 
but and but we don't need a liar in office. And she was saying, "No, you don't understand. See, there's a deep state. Hillary and 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 Barack Obama and 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 Pelosi. All these people, they're they're baby killers. And what they do is they drink the blood of the baby so that they can live life. And it's like you guys are, excuse the expression, you guys are fucking nuts. And but they they wouldn't. She would not accept the fact." That that just can't be true. That's not true at all, and uh, and she still believes it to this day. And uh, um, because once you get sucked into that stuff, you apparently can't get out of it. Um, <clears throat> it's like facts ingrain their concepts even more. You know, like uh, they know Trump is going to be coming back on March fourth. That's the new date. Oh, There's always going to be a new date. There's always new information. This is just a sign that the deep state really has things in control, and McConnell is uh, somehow being held uh, hostage and is a traitor to their movement, <laughs> as is Pence. Oh, you know, you can't deal with that. You, I don't. And then they, at the same time, they complain that uh, there is no unity. That Biden's not honest. A unity. He's trying. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, they they don't seem to understand that you can't threaten to kill somebody and expect (laughs) that person to come up and shake your hand and say, let's figure this out first. Then you can kill me. You know? Well, it it amazed me that on the 6th, these people that were climbing the stairs and some of them were saying, hang Pence. Um, yeah, and, and they had the noose out there. It's like, can I, it's have, you, have you guys lost your mind? Could you imagine what would have happened to our country if they'd actually gotten a hold of him and took him out there and actually did that on national TV? Oh, they had the man. noose and they had, I don't know if it was functional or not, but it, it but, uh, it looked like it could it could hold the body weight of a person. Yes, it did. Yes, it, did. it looked serious to me. I'm not familiar enough with, you know, how nooses work, but I figure a loop would, can do some harm. And you're right. The fact that, you know, they would actually try is horrifying. This is, this is horrifying to me. And how do you get out of this? You know, and this is why I think Lake John is – is so relevant because we really need somebody and it cannot come from the democratic side. It's got to come from the Republicans that they got to go, Hey man, you know, Mitt Romney is making an effort to stand up. But you, you know what happened to uh, what's going on with Liz Cheney? Yeah. They censored her, tried to censor her, right? Yeah. Well, and because she put on her big girl pants and she voted to, uh, um, um, impeach, President uh, Trump, because he incited um, a riot that was and, and uh, that was designed to overthrow the government, <clears throat> and so she was right. Her dad, Dick Cheney, yes, that Dick Cheney, the mm-hmm. the one that was part of you know he was a vice president with uh, George W. Bush, and Dick he, Vader. yeah, Darth Vader, he was on her side with that, and now. The Republican Party is turning against her, but there's this green lady that is the QAnon follower that they're not sanctioning at all. I don't know what's going on with those guys. I don't see how the Republicans are going to survive this because based on their actions from the past, they keep getting worse and worse. And people say, well, this has got to be the rock bottom, but they don't seem to have a rock bottom. So how are they going to get out of this? Clearly, and the people that uh, have some sort of power are being completely ignored, like Mitt Romney, now they think he's a goof, and they're turning on McConnell. They have nobody. Somebody from the Republican Party is going to have to come out and somehow shine a light that this is not how this party can survive the democratic process. We know we're no longer. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. Our teeth are being filed down every time we take a bite out of somebody and smear them. We have to come up with a way to keep conservative values what they are, you know, fiscal responsibility and 
Oh, I said that without uh, laughing. Fiscal conservativity, <laughs> uh, uh, social conservatism, and I mean in the way that's measured, not uh, hating people, because I think there is some value in not having a society move too fast. I think uh, if you move too fast, you're going to make mistakes. If you're not aware of the situation and trying to cover as much uh, ground as you can, both left and right, something is going to go wrong. For instance, I'm go out on a limb here, so bear with me. We became, we have a turnkey uh, generation. The people where both parents went to work and the kids went to school and they basically raised themselves or had a large part in raising themselves with the aid of the TV and some maybe good hearted neighbors. And if we were, if we were a society that was fully self-aware, that was able to value a family system in real terms, we would have understood at the time, Hey, we're at a precipice right now. We have to figure out how we can either have one adult go to the workforce, either male or female, because females should enjoy all of the same opportunities males do. But how do we financially make this work and not have to have two parents leave the kids at home or uh, send them to people that they don't know as well to raise them for a couple hours out of every day? We should have had that kind of forward thinking if we truly valued family and marriages. We don't. We, we value money in America more than anything. Mm -hmm. And we could trace that back to the uh, Europeans coming into this country because it was all based on economics. It wasn't based on religious freedom as, uh, as proven by what we did to the Native Americans. We weren't interested in their religion. We were interested in our religion and imposing it on them. So it was never about freedom of religion. It was economic uh, status. And as long as we always follow that rule, we are always going to have problems. I agree. Because it, it is... Um... <clears throat> well, you and I are now old enough to remember a time when things were different. When I was growing up in the 60s, and so what, what, how much younger are you than me? Um, I think you're how old? I don't even know how old you are. I'm 92. No, I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm 60. I'm 63. You're 63? Yeah. Oh. I'm a lot younger than you. I'm, I'm uh, three years younger. Oh, see? But see, no, hold on, because I have to share this with you. It, yes. My wife is was four years younger than me, because nice. because apparently nobody my age wanted to date me, so I had to go younger. <laughs> uh, so which which was fine because she was she sure. looked looked better than they did longer. But besides that, that for, she was born in '62. I was born in '57. Okay, five years, four and a half years. Um, <clears throat> the difference between being born in 57, you were born in 60, right? 61. Yep. So the difference between 57 and 61 is huge. And I'll tell you why. Um, you missed the Seattle world's fair. That was actually my very first public, uh, public experience, but you were, you were one. So you don't remember it. No, I don't. <laughs> And in, in 1964, when I was seven, the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan Show. Change music forever. Oh, that's awesome. And That's awesome. When, you got to see that? Uh, <clears throat> it is a story that I've told at nauseum because it scarred me for life. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Because, I, sorry. because they made me go to bed. Um, oh. Well, first of all, the Beatles were on on the you know like they used to publish the the TV guide and it was in, in the local Sunday paper, and yeah, then you could look yeah. at what was going to be on that whole week. There was yeah. a, you know, a big spread of the Beatles, one of the early the same picture that was on I think it was Meet the Beatles, and it, they had that whole spread on there, and they had they told stories about it and stuff. And I said, I, did, the Beatles are going to be on the Ed Sullivan show tonight. 
They made me go to bed so they could watch Bonanza. Oh no! Oh, that's brutal. It was. It was. It was. It was a sad. Seventy-two million people watched the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show. My family wasn't one of them. Oh <laughs> man, they were not music lovers. No. Not rock and roll people. <clears throat> oh no, they were. My my mom. They Frank Sinatra's when they and and Benny Goodman and and those guys. That's when they. That's that was more. Their their stuff, but but stuff. so we so there was sixty four. There was um, you were still too young to remember uh, John Kennedy's assassination. I remember vividly where I was. That's, I, that's horrible. Robert Kennedy's assassination, Martin Luther King's assassination. I remember all of those and the sixties going through the 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 wartime stuff that was happening in the sixties, turning on the evening news with Walt. Cronkite, and uh, and they had casu- casualty reports every night. Oh, from Vietnam! From Vietnam, how many people? How many people were dying each each night? They would say, "Okay, we had three hundred and fifty American troops dead, and five hundred wounded, wounded, and fifteen hundred or two thousand Vietnamese." And and wow. they they showed pictures of of people being shot, and and it, it was. And and then you had the uh, uh, riots and the uh, the anti anti war protests in the late sixties and Kent State and and all of that and and uh, you know nineteen sixty seven. So you guys missed the sixties. It was a big deal. I have to tell you. And, I heard. <laughs> but to live I heard it, it was yeah it was but to but to live it every day. But but see that's when see in those days my my mom did not work. My best friend's mom did not work. Most women did not work. Um, it was a one family or one one parent was able to. My parents bought the house that's now in Ravenna that is now worth a million dollars for seventeen thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! In 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 so, so houses were affordable when I, I got my first house. It was affordable. They're they're not affordable anymore. So everything's changed. You have to have two incomes and stuff, whereas in those days, so moms were home. I didn't say my mom did a good job, but at least she was there. She was there. Yeah, but she, but it, all of that's changed, and it is not for the better. Not for the better. I, I think we've just gotten too big and too complex. I, you know, I've, I'm putting a lot on the Republicans right now to take responsibility to be aware of what they're offering and how are they going to fix it? Well, I certainly don't know, but I also think that we're just too big and things like this uh, happen in large societies. This is why they study rats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's why they make rats run through mazes and they watch them eat each other when they get too crowded. Cause that's exactly what we're doing. This is exactly what we're doing. And I think the behaviorists have already figured this out. That at some point, you know, we've got the planet dying. We've got societies that are degrading. Uh, we also got the societies that are growing in awareness about what they are. Uh, there's some things that are happening in different directions, of course, at all, all points in time. Um, so I hate to put it all on Republicans, but the fact is we're just too damn big. We're too bad, damn big to sustain ourselves. We have to at some point. Maybe maybe this is the Republicans that will uh, develop the awareness and say, hey, this ain't working. These are our values. And they might be progressive in thinking that uh, conservatism is a way back because uh, conservatism is about uh, fiscal responsibility, community responsibility, and it starts to build back into uh, tribal structures. Maybe that's how they recover for the next century. I don't know. But that sounds reasonable to me. And if that happens, if they do say something like, um, we're too big to sustain ourselves. We, we can't support everything. We have to take care of our communities at home and provide a little bit to the community at large. You know, politi- they say politics is always local. So you make the all politics completely local, take care of yourselves, and then what you can contribute to the world uh, at large, you do, because that's fiscally and that's socially responsible. 
and then you build yourselves back into smaller communities that are strong, healthy, uh, subject to change, and become culturally significant again. You know, we, we need that diversity. I don't think it's cool to go to, um, oh, the South and have a McDonald's burger. You know, the South. Have you ever been to New Orleans? Oh, yeah. You know, you, you can there you can grab wonderful food at any corner. But McDonald's is still really busy because a lot of people are eating at McDonald's. Because it's, <laughs> it's cheap, baby. It's cheap. It's they got cheap. the dollar menu, baby. We can go have the dollar menu. But really, man, is that a kid? But isn't that kind of a crime? Isn't that kind of a social crime? To defeat a kid, McDonald's, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I I used to I used I used to know how to. They made the chicken nuggets. That it's you, not. Oh yeah, yeah. it's they, used to sleep. <laughs> I well, I can tell you the last time I ordered chicken nuggets was like uh, I don't know, never. Uh, not, <laughs> not since I learned that uh, they are what's called mechanically deboned meat. Oh my God! So it's oh. it, what it is is they take the the chicken carcasses and they put it into this little vat and then they screen out the bones, but it's everything that is left in their inner parts, anything that they didn't use elsewhere, and then it then it gets ground up and goes in and it become, it comes out like this pink sludge, and then they take that pink sludge and they. Um, to put some emulsifiers in it to to firm it up, and then they make shapes out of it, and then they bread them, and then they deep fry them, and then they give them to you for ninety nine cents. For ninety, because they're worthless. Uh, they're <sighs> they're made from a product that that they can't give away. The next step, you know what you know what they do with uh, on the the mechanically deboned meat that they can't make into nuggets and stuff and sell it. They have a dog food company. What? No, they have a dog food company called Rolo, and and so that goes into the dog food that goes into the stores for the dogs. So so chicken nuggets are one step above dog food. How nice! Yeah, it's uh, but but no, you're you're right. But somebody see somebody, and you're right. It can't be a Democrat, but somebody has got to step forward with uh, some kind of a movement where they're going to say, you know, this enough. Enough. We've had enough. We now, we want to make, because you can't, if you're going to, and I talk about this at the top of my shows, if you're going to survive on hate, division, and fear, um, you're going to fail. Because That's right. You can't succeed if your message is about hate, division, and fear. Those are not building con concepts. Those are concepts to take things away. And they're very destructive. Very um, destructive. And people and people that that uh, that follow some of this stuff that that then they think that other people are irrational, and then they want to hang. They, they, you know, it's just it's it's out of hand. It's out of hand. It's got to stop. I I don't know how it's going to stop, but that's that's why that's why it's important, Eric, that you and I have this conversation in this format, so that people can can listen to it and say, you know. Uh, they're they're right because I don't have any answers. I know you know I don't know how to. I I have friends. I have a friend that used to be my mother. I can't communicate with her. Do you have a friend that used to be your mother? Your mother? <laughs> yeah, meaning what? my mother's no longer my friend because oh, because well because she not only was she a fan of Fox News. She's now, there's a new uh, radio station, or a new television station called uh -oh. Newsmax. Yeah, I've heard of those guys. Newsmax was developed by a guy who is a club member at Mar-a-Lago. He yeah. owns it. And he, That's right. And they are, their niche, because everybody has got a niche, they're now moving to the right of Fox News. So they're not above conspiracy theories and and all this stuff that has no proof at all. And people are listening and watching, including my mother. You know, I voted for Reagan. 
And I think one of the worst things he did to this country was get rid of the Fairness Act. Yes, I agree. I think one of the first steps is to bring the Fairness Act back. It's a hell of a lot more complex to do that now because that would imply that you would have to give equal time to conservatives. I would do that if they were not lying. I mean, if, 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 I mean, if you were a conservative guy and we were going to talk about fiscal responsibility and fiscal policy, how should we manage the country and, and the taxes we've got coming in? Who should be paying taxes? How much should they be paying? And, and that sort of thing. We can argue about that and we can cut at the end of the day, you and I can go have a pizza at North Lake Tavern and talk about it later. Uh, and it's okay. But when I say, um, the rich, the rich aren't paying enough in taxes, and you say they're oh they're they're paying more than their share, and 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 we we can't raise the minimum wage to a minimum to a livable wage because we can't afford it. It's like how how do we communicate effectively when nobody can even talk about the same stuff? You know, and good luck finding a conservative that would reach out and want to have a discussion about just these things without bringing up uh, hate factors. You know, maybe this is what uh, we can do in some future uh, future discussion is find a conservative that would love to come on. And in the spirit of building a, a bridge or finding a way forward with both parties is uh, joining us with a conversation about what's good and bad. And in good fellowship, we talk about uh, their concepts in the best way possible. Well, which would which would make a tremendous amount of sense, but they have got so far um, removed from reality in most cases. Uh, I have a, I have a, um, a friend of mine who's a fundamentalist Christian. See, this this is where it's gotten to, and this is this is what drives me crazy. So, <laughs> sorry if I'm venting, but I don't, please do. I don't get to talk much about politics on this <laughs> on this show. So. Um, do you remember when um, what's his name uh, Scalia died? Yes, and uh, um, President Obama nominated Garland for that, and mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell said, "No, nope, what? It's uh, in the same year as the election year, and we need to wait." And even though it was eleven months before the next election, we need to wait until the new president. The people have spoken, and the new president can can do that. So my, my friend and I are having an argument about this, and I was saying it's not constitutional. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that. It says it's his duty to, to fulfill it and their duty to vote on it, but McConnell just didn't want to. So he made this new rule that they don't have to. And my friend said, well, I'll look it up. <clears throat> so I looked it up, and there was one time in like 1860 or something where <laughs> – where somebody was uh, of, of, the, of the opposite party uh, was voted on in the last year of the president's term. And so he was quoting that the same week that Ginsburg died. They nominated with Ginsburg died, wasn't even cold, and they nominated a new guy. That's right. And they put him in three weeks after her death. That's right. And the election was less than a month away. That's right. How, and so I mentioned that to him, and, and his first thing was the Republicans were right because it shouldn't be in the last year. And then when this happened, he said, well, I said, where's your integrity? You know, you have always told me you have got great integrity. Where is it? You can't have two different rules for the same thing and call that integrity. And he said, you, you know, but, but, but he said, well, you know, I don't necessarily subscribe to what they do and stuff, but I love Trump. And it's like, God damn, I can't get through to you guys that what you, you can't do that so separately. And so obviously lose your, have no integrity, have no morals, have no whatever you say I can't believe because you're going to lie next time. When the shoe's on the other foot now, I'm not going to say the Democrats are any better. I think we're all, they're all doing kind of the same thing. Okay, I'll shut up now. 
Well, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it because that's, you know, that's called having your collective screw loose. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because like it's that. okay for me. It's not okay for you. That's exactly what they're saying. I had this evangelical, I have this evangelical friend of mine. I've known him for 40 years, man. And he's a guy that, uh, amazing, wonderfully nice guy, but, but he's a Trump guy. And he'll message me out of the blue every now and then and, and just chew on Democrats for being evil. And this happened when uh, Ginsburg, after she passed and they're nominating uh, a new Supreme Court person. And, and I brought it up to him and he says, well, tell me Democrats wouldn't do the same thing. Okay. And I was at a loss for words because... How is that an argument? <laughs> and that just means that what, what he's telling me is if you have the opportunity to do something, do it. Right. You know, so how are they going to argue anything that the Democrats do now? Oh, they will. You watch. You, you want to, <laughs> I'll bet you, um, I got, I got 10 bucks in my wallet. I'll bet you 10 bucks that within six months, the Republicans will be saying, these deficits are out of control. We've got to stop doing the deficit. And they, they're, they're already ones. doing that. <laughs> are they? <laughs> <laughs> because of Biden's uh, coronavirus, you know, plan. Our deficit, we, we owe to, no, our deficit is too large. You can't do that. But two weeks before the election, they were all, oh, man. It's it seems, it's it's all of that is just now in in this case for the for COVID, I I think it's it's just terribly irresponsible. Yeah, this is this is one of those hundred year things that that it's all hands on deck. The, the we need to change everything about what we do. We need to get rid of this. We need to they need to pass that one point nine trillion dollar deal and the and the rich people and they need to take back the. Uh, um, uh, Trump tax, tax cuts, which gave the rich people a great big tax cut and corporations and stuff. And That's right. So uh, this is why we need Chessy Ahut, somebody that can take a look at uh, everything going on and say, hey, man, no. Now, for those, Got to adapt. For those that uh, um, didn't catch the beginning of that, tell us who he is again. Chess Yahud, Lake John, was a Duwamish Indian uh, that was here during the Seattle settlement, and he helped uh, he helped facilitate the Europeans that came in because he saw the wisdom of not fighting the battle, of figuring it out how to exist, how to coexist, how are two cultures with opposing values going to find their way through this. And he did his best, you know. I mean, we, we can look back and say, well, the Indians still lost, even though they tried peaceful alternatives because their cultures was pretty much wiped out. But the fact is, today, there's still a Duwamish tribe with property in Seattle, and we're still talking about Indian John and his wisdom, and people are recognizing uh, the wisdom of Native uh, Native peoples and, and how they can apply it to current societies. And I will go out on a limb and say, if we are going to continue as a democracy or democracies, we're going to need a lot of that wisdom, how to be part of the earth, how to be part of each other uh, to attain peace and movement forward. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And, and in fact, um, we're going to become even more polarized because in my opinion if you really were to really if this country see <clears throat> this is what i don't understand uh and you can help me with this when japanese bomb pearl harbor mm. uh december 7th 1941 we all got together and we said, that's a bunch of bullshit. We are going to do everything that we need to do. And, 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 uh, um, 
Roosevelt said, we need to build, be building 50,000 planes a month. And everybody said, no, you can't be doing that. That's, that's too many. We built 50,000 planes a month. We had women going back to work as Rosie Riveter. We had people that were all in. They were they were um, um, rationing gasoline. They were rationing food for all for the war effort. And everybody got together with that. Why can't we get together with this? This is a big 450,000 almost people are dead from this thing. And we're still arguing about pennies. Who's going to pick exactly. up what? Exactly. What are they? $400 apart? Uh, $400 apart. I think uh, Republicans are offering 12 and the Democrats want 16. Something like that. And there's that. some other details involved. And I think it's uh, more about the details about who's going to get it and what programs are going to have. But good Lord, you know, get that 16, get that 14, whatever it's going to be into people's pockets now. And get it done now so that because part of that is the funding for the virus or for the for the vaccines and to getting those out and the getting national uh, um, uh, distribution of these. I mean, that costs money and it takes it takes some time to do, but they need to be on their horse right now. It's but there are people I don't know you now your friend. Does he believe that COVID is real, or does he think the 400,000 numbers all made up? Uh, he and I have not had that discussion specifically, but early on, I know he wasn't uh, on board that the virus was as big of a threat as it turned out to be. And we're not done yet. It's, we're not done yet. Um, and so until we can get together and recognize that and you know Trump is responsible for the fake news thing um, yes he is um but until those people recognize that that it's i i get the biggest kick out of these guys cuz they cuz they say the anchor is uh, spewing fake news right well in these news organizations there are hundreds of people and there there are lots of people that are doing checks and counter checks and they've got rules that they have to obey by for as an example they can't single source anything what does that mean that means they have to have at least two people corroborate the same piece of information before they can they can publicize it um fox news doesn't do that yeah that's right they have a billboard that they look at every day that says what they can and cannot say these are words that are uh, not allowed today and that's from the corporate people. And yeah. Yeah. So because they're, they're shaping, they're not delivering the news. They're shaping what the news is. That's right. If that's you, right. You know, if you, if, you watch, if you watch CNN and then flip over to Fox, you're not liable to see the same story in the same hour period because they'll, they'll be talking about something completely different. Well, Fox isn't even covering the officer that's in turn right now. You're kidding. No. They didn't show that. Oh, that's gross. They may have mentioned it, but they certainly didn't make, uh, you know, the other news organizations were covering it. You know, you saw uh, politicians and, and people going through to pay their respects. Fox didn't show that. They may have mentioned it. I'm, I might have missed that, but they certainly didn't give it the credence that it you know, needs to get. This guy died in that same building trying to protect the people that were making decisions, that were voted for, that were voted in to make the decisions for us. He died. He's a hero of yeah. democracy. Uh, absolutely. And that's just, that's, that, is, that is so sad. That is so sad. Isn't it though? You know, obviously, Eric, that we're not going to solve any problems today. But can we? Can we? Can we kind of take this in future episodes and kind of break it down and kind of work together? And you do some research, and I'll do some research, and we can uh, put some actual facts out there. That sounds good. And and you know, I'll look for a conservative guy to you know see if he'd like to talk. Yeah, see if he. Yeah, yeah, no, I would, I would be more than interested in in that. But you got, they've got to remember that they, they can't just if they're going to talk talking points from Fox News, that's not going to fly. They need. Well, to let me put it research. out there. If anybody knows a Republican that can have a conversation, 
let us know because we're looking for him. Yeah, we're looking for somebody who can rationally talk to what the party is doing. Although there are now, to be fair, there are Republican people who are the log cabin Republicans and there are other groups who have kind of left the Republican Party or it's left them because it has gotten so over the top. And so one of those people would be that is conservative in values, uh, but isn't it doesn't want to hang Mike Pence. That, that, that would be a good person to have on. There we go. I like that phrase, log cabin Republican. It sounds so Lincoln-like. <laughs> That's why they call it that. <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll be darned. Because a Lincoln log, Lincoln log Republican. Yeah, because Lincoln was Lincoln was a Republican. That's right, he was. He'd be a Democrat these days. He would be, but he's a Republican now. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting about that is that the that they were talking about he would be he was a Republican back then, but then mm-hmm. if you remember uh, through history in the early uh, 1900s, there was a Southern the Southern Democratic group were actually Dixies. more con- the Dixiecrats were more conservative than the uh, um, Republicans than the Republicans Democrats. were yeah. or than the Democrats were and so it's yeah. flipped so the, then yeah. they became more Democratic they no they became Republicans down there and that's how they've they've had the South ever since and it's starting to break up a little bit now because they're finally figuring out and this is scaring the hell out of them that uh, if you teach black people to vote they will and they'll stand in line for like hours <laughs> oh my god i know i love it i, I absolutely too. love it man oh, i think i think it's the greatest thing that uh, that finally they have to face the light of day that they can't um discriminate against people voting anymore in this country and that's it, right it's only taken a hundred years and the cat is out of the bag Show up to vote, vote, and you're represented, you know, and these are good people. These are people that are thinking about uh, everyone. Yes. Not just you know, putting money in, in the rich people's pockets, but they're thinking about the good of um, good of society. Well, and I, I honestly think that, see, and the other thing, and I'll leave you with this, um, society only changes when the money dynamics change. Yeah. And yeah. we are getting to the point now where the money dynamics where renewable energy is getting cheaper to produce. Carbon fuels are getting more expensive to produce. So as as that equalizes, then new jobs will be developed with with uh, carbon free energy and and uh, um, uh, uh, solar energy and wind power. And that and and then there'll be. Um, a redoing of the infrastructure. And so there'll be jobs that will be good paying jobs that will be taking care of our infrastructure and our energy needs and stuff. And big oil, which if they haven't made the transition yet, they will be soon. They'll be saying, you know, oil's not such a great deal after all. We're going to go build some, build us some, some, some windmills and stuff. Hallelujah. And, and, but that's the only way change ever happens is when it ceases to become profitable to do the old thing. Well, apparently that's what we hang our hats on. It's got to be about the money. And I think as long as it's about the money, we're going to have problems. Yes, until, until we have like three or four or five, and I hope it never happens, but uh, stage five hurricanes come barreling down and, and destroy every oil platform in the Gulf or something. I mean, it's, it's, but it's got to change, and we've got to change. change, and we've got to get rid of hate, division, and fear, and we've got to love each other. We've got to care, and we've got to take care of stuff, and we've got to pay taxes, and we've got to not shoot each other anymore. God damn it. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. And I hope we pass the audition. So, <laughs> I Eric, Eric, it's been it's been it's been fun. And I, I have to tell you, we've had one listener for the entire hour, and they gave us a thumbs up. So we're on the right oh, track. Good. good. Thank God. Yes, indeed, we're on the right track. So that's so that's we doubled good. our audience this week. <laughs> 
We did. Although I although no, that's not true. That's no, your not sister, true. Your sister was with us last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and not only that, but but your uh, um, have you looked at your Facebook page? I have not. No. You had uh, like forty or or some odd hits on on oh. something that had to do with this with 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 the broadcast last time. So okay, you, you're you're a popular fella. Well, you know, I, I advertised though. I, I boosted that. Oh, did you? I boost. I'll boost. Uh, boost today's too. Well, good. And, you, if you got money to burn, then you just go right on ahead. You know, Facebook a lot gives opportunities, and it's all about the money. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. And thank you, sir. I have thank appreciated you. this comment. So, can we do this next week? I'm looking forward to it. I've got, I've got a wonderful story that I've been working on. Okay, good. It's, it's about how we've. Uh, how we've moved away from spending time in the woods for a while and how that ties into our conversation today because we became a turnkey uh, generation for a bit. We lost touch with being outdoors and we lost something valuable that's out there. These uh, wonderful structures that were built by the forestry department that have slowly, well, slowly decomposing. And uh, uh, some groups are trying to revitalize these and it's important for people to get back out into the woods. And a, a friend of mine, Christy Fedick, spent some time with her on Sunday, and we talked about such things. So we'll have that to talk about and, and you know, abuse with some local politics at the same time. Absolutely. And the only thing that I would say about that is this. Yes. If you're going to use the outdoors, be respectful, be Indian-like, Native American-like, pick up your trash, take it with you. Um and and leave everything better than you found it. Exactly. Don't bring chicken McNuggets into the environment. <laughs> and and leave them there. You're liable to poison oh, a poor animal. Oh, the edibles not gonna eat them. <laughs> they're, they're, that's only because they're smarter than we are. So. Bears will look at it and go, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And with those words of wisdom, Eric Hall, thank you very much. Thank you. My name is thank Kevin, you. and you guys have a great day, everybody. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.